0: Thank you, choir. Um, you may notice that we're not taking communion today. We usually take uh, break bread every... or the first Sunday of the month. We figured so much was going on today that we would wait until next week. So next week we'll be breaking bread together here corporately. So keep that keep that in mind. Let's pray. Oh God, open my mouth and our hearts. God, help me to... Say something that makes sense. (laughs) Help me to bring the good news. Use my words and use our hearts to draw us closer to you. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. (laughs) Promise you the gospel uh, readings will not be quite as long. Every uh, Sunday, uh, Barrett, you get a raise today. Thank you for being our reader today. But it's 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 an amazing story. This guy named Zechariah, he doesn't get much press and he doesn't get preached on a whole lot. He's a priest. He's an old man. He's kind of a curmudgeon, if you want to be honest. But it says he was a righteous and godly man. And so was Elizabeth, who also was born into a privileged family. And Zechariah, Zechariah uh, his outburst sort of at the end, uh, this quote is part of, or his quote there at the end is part of what we call the Benedictus. If you went to any monastery or even cracked open our book of worship uh, in the daily prayers, you'll see that, uh, that the morning prayers, you can go to page 208 in your hymn book, And you're encouraged to read those words, the beginnings of the words. Um, You can find it in every Christian hymnal and uh, in just about every prayer book. Now, Mary's song, which is also in Luke 1, is part of the daily prayers for the evening, for the Vespers. And so you'll see her words for that. So I'm telling you, the angel Gabriel in Luke 1 is working overtime. Because if you read the whole chapter, you'll see that he also makes a house visit to Mary to give her, to give her the, new, the, the news. The song was first sung, of course, by this old curmudgeon, Brother Zechariah. Eight days after the miraculous birth of his son, John, who would later be preaching out by the river, eight days, That's the day of circumcision, and that was the day that you named your child. Nine months earlier, though, is where all the fireworks happened. He served in the temple, did Zechariah, and that was a prestigious appointment. And every day in the morning and the evening, he would make sacrifices, or the group of priests would be at the beautiful temple there in Jerusalem. There was a great altar right outside the front door of the temple, the the temple doors. And they were prepared for the sacrifice of the lamb that they would sacrifice each day. And a priest was chosen kind of by a lottery system of who got to go way back into the empty room near the Holy of Holies to light the candle. So they drew straws about who got to be the acolyte that day. But if you did that, then you were to come out after you lit the incense as a symbol of the prayers of the people to God, and you would go back out to that table, and you would give them a word, a good word, a benediction. And today was Zechariah's lucky day. He was picked. He was picked. And he was ready. He got his candle. He went out, and he had a little surprise. Not that the microphone was all messed up. No, that was not his surprise that day. He walked back to light the candles, And the angel Gabriel was right there beside the candles. Good news, Zechariah. You remember preaching? I mean, you remember praying about having a child? Elizabeth is going to have a child. And Zechariah, the old curmudgeon, said, no way, Jose. I'm too old. Elizabeth is too old. I don't believe you. And uh, Gabriel kind of got offended and pulled a little rank and said, because of that, you're not talking anymore. You're not talking anymore until this, till this promise comes true. And so, Zechariah came out, and they were expecting him to preach, and he couldn't say anything. And they knew he had seen something inside, deep inside that temple. Well, they go home. And I can speak on behalf of all priests and preachers, to not get to talk for nine months would be like torture, right? A lot of us think we get paid by the word, I think. Um, and, uh, and I can tell you that that was uh, a horrible time. But I'll tell you what Zechariah had to do. And this is where I think maybe we can all see our story in his story. Is that he had to be Quiet. He couldn't rely on his words anymore and he had to be quiet and he had to do the thing that's hardest for us all to do. He had to listen. He had to listen. He had to listen to Elizabeth. He had to listen to God. And most of us find it hard to be quiet for five minutes, much less nine months. But nine months later, at the circumcision and naming of his son, Zechariah was there with his wife Elizabeth on the day of circumcision. And they were all just sure that they were going to name this boy Zechariah Jr. You know, it was time to fill out the birth certificate. We're going to name him Zechariah, right? And uh, Elizabeth said, no, we're going to name him John. And they looked at Zechariah and said, Really? And he grabs a tablet. He's probably been hanging out with that tablet for nine months. He's probably sick of that tablet. His name is John, which means God's gift, God's grace. Now, Zechariah means God remembers. But he will be God's gift. And all of a sudden, hallelujah, preacher Zechariah throws that chalkboard up and shares the beautiful Benedictus. First half of it was God remembered. God promised and delivered us from the hatred of other people. God delivered us and thanks be to God. Moreover, God's gift. And I bet he held little John in his arms when he said this. God's going to give us a son who's going to be the forerunner, the preparer, for Jesus Christ, the gift of the world. And he sang, You, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. John would stand at another altar. Now, this baby John, you'd think, well, maybe he'd get a good cushy job at the temple, but no, he was by the muddy river Jordan. There was no temple or palace there, but there was a lamb. Because when Jesus showed up, he pointed at him and said, Behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He was a sidewalk, dirt road prophet, the best kind. Zechariah's song begins in the past, but it goes to the forward. So why in the world does every monastery and why is in every hymnal this zechariah song well it's because zechariah's problem and challenge is our our challenge we've all got the zechariah challenge simply put we talk too much now this is a sermon to me but we use way too many words zechariah stood in the holy of holies some say even, and maybe this was the yearly thing, but I'm going to stretch it a little bit. Maybe he tied a rope around his ankle because that's what they did on Yom Kippur when the, the lottery winner would go. Why did they do that in the Holy of Holies when he lit the candle? Because if he died, somebody had to pull him out by that rope. It was that sacred and it was that holy. And uh, there are no words Sometimes there are no words, they're just these spaces that we get to enter into, these liminal spaces. And Advent gives us this chance to, to be quiet. Now the world's going to push and throw noise your way. But there's a big reason why Zechariah was skeptical when he walked in because his prayer hadn't been answered. He was frustrated. He didn't recognize that he was in the Holy of Holies. He forgot that there was a rope attached to his ankle. And he's talking too much. He's talking too much. You know, when I get skeptical and cynical, it's because usually I'm talking too much. Skepticism and cynicism and negativity is mostly the symptom of no space to listen and just to be and to allow God to be present in our midst. We become Eeyore, right? Ugh, it's terrible. It's all terrible. Or, we, you'll know when you're talking too much when you use the word but too much. Right? Yeah, I know things are going well, but... Well, I, that sounds good, but... Mark Conrad, the pastor I work with in Alaska, said if anybody says the word but in their sentence, don't, listen, don't believe anything they say before that word, the truth is after the word, is what they're really being honest about. The solution, the invitation to our own redemption is to be quiet and to be still, to find that still point. Silence in the Bible is often used against our enemies in the Bible. Like, Lord, you have silenced my enemies. Thank you, I'm tired of their taunts. It's often used that way, but sometimes silence is a salve. It's the means by which we are healed. Could my own skepticism be the byproduct of my own chatter inside my brain and when I vocalize sometimes my endless words I mean that's what's bringing out my dis-ease if my prayer is all talk and no listen then who am I talking to we pray but when do we listen Because something incredible is always on the other side of silence and listening. It always happens in Scripture. It certainly happens here. Now, we often think of listening as weak and ineffective. No, I shouldn't be listening. I need to be thinking about the next thing I'm going to say to get the last word, to win the argument, to be right. God has made me right, not my own words. I've been justified. Why am I so worried about talk, talk, talk? It's perhaps the greatest power I have. It's just to listen. When I talk too much, it's just a matter of time when I get too noisy and negative and artificial. You remember the story of Job? Having a horrible time. Job was there, and all of his friends came to him. And if you read in Job, you'll see that for two weeks, his friends did it right. You know what they did? They sat by him. For two whole weeks, you know what they said? Nothing. And it was as soon as they opened their mouths that they were spilling out lie after lie on Job. In Psalm 65, the psalmist says, My soul awaits for God alone. My soul awaits in what? Silence. Jesus sometimes, he would depart early in the morning. Now maybe he was a morning guy, maybe he wasn't. But I can tell you what happens early in the morning. Nobody's talking. And he departed himself and went to a remote place to be with God in silence. There is a time to speak, says Ecclesiastes, and there's a time to be silent. And that temple, it was quiet in those places. There was in the space of the Holy of Holies, there was, there was this space. I think we had the Ark of the Covenant somewhere. There it is, right over there in the stained glass window. And if you look at it, that was in the Holy of Holies. And you'll see that the wings of the cherubim, the wings do not touch. It's because they believed that God was in this space. And when the Roman soldiers tore down the temple just a few day, a few years after or right before Luke was written, when they looked in, they could not wait To desecrate the holy of holies. And what they found when they tore the whole thing down was that there was very little in it but space. Holy space. Silence. Silence. Those Roman soldiers missed the genius that there was space. Where there is space and silence, there is God. Be still, says the psalmist. Or it it says in the prophets. Be still and know that I am God. You could read it that maybe Zephaniah was getting punished for smarting off to Gabriel. That's a pretty good reading. It's probably true that he ticked Gabriel off. But I read it like he was given a prescription for his doubt and his pessimism. That is, quit talking, Zechariah. And it was a gift to Zechariah. And I'm sure it almost killed him. But that which doesn't kill you makes you what? Stronger. Silence makes space in the soul for something outside of us to get into us. God can't fill up a soul that's already full of our own words. Between the cherubs, there's that little space of silence. Helen will tell you, anybody that knows music will tell you, what's the most beautiful part of a music? It's the rest, it's the pause. Everything can't be loud and fast and everything can't be noise. That would be awful music. But if you can find that rest, if you can find that rest in your song to depart, to leave and just to let go of your words and let God's capital W word invade your soul. Psalm 23 makes me lie down in the green pastures. He leadeth me beside the what waters? The still waters, the quiet waters, the waters that you can see through. So, here's your Advent. Here's your invitation of Advent. Just find places in your life to be quiet. Find places in your life to be quiet. And I don't mean putting the earbuds in. Now, I put my earbuds in a lot. I love them. I love music. But sometimes even that can be a way of not being truly present. Find a way to find a holy quietude in your life and just listen. Listen to God or listen to the Elizabeths in your life. When you feel skepticism and cynicism flood into your life, maybe close your eyes and imagine Gabriel's invitation to be quiet. Go to that place so holy and quiet that you need a rope on your ankle to get there. Find that place And walk into that empty space where there are no people. Find that holy space. And when you emerge from that, you know what's ironic? Your words will carry more weight. Your words will mean something. Zechariah's song, it becomes a song, the church's song. With Zechariah, we give thanks to the Lord our God. We've got something to say if we can be quiet long enough. The holy hush And then we can say with Zechariah, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us and give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. What Zechariah could not even say for so long, we now joyfully say, the church around the world, at the dawn of each new day, to remind ourselves that the dawn brings light and it brings hope And it brings peace. Because it brings the steadfast love of the Lord. So make space. New every morning, O God, are your mercies. Great God of light. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. And like Michelle Hudson, our librarian, would say, shh. I invite you to breathe a couple times before we enjoy the anthem.